Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we are here to discuss Season 5, Episode 13 of Charmed. House Call. Okay, so not to talk about Buffy right off the bat, and I know I have discussed this on air before, but you know what? I'm doing it again. Okay, I was going to go in a different direction than Buffy in case you don't want to go there right off the bat, but by all means, go ahead. Okay, so when I am recommending Buffy to someone, when I want to gauge their interest in it as a show, I show them an episode from season three, Gingerbread. Not because I think it is the best or even a particularly good episode of Buffy. It's fine. It's a pretty good episode of Buffy. This is, this is madness what you're, ta- what you're doing. I show them that because I feel like it is an episode that is emblematic of what Buffy is. Like, it is the perfect example of what the show is, but it doesn't, like, set people's expectations too high. Like, I love Hush, but you're not going to start someone out on Hush. Hush is not the first episode of Buffy you, to, you, you show to someone. It's just not. I'm I am I am a thousand percent certain that Hush is a lot of people's first episode of Buffy. But the thing is, it's so tonally different from what the average episode of Buffy is. You should show someone an episode that encapsulates the spirit of the show so they know what they're getting into. You don't start them on the mountains. Okay, you know what my first Buffy episode was that I think was a good one? Mm-hmm. Was the first Halloween episode with the costumes that make them all change. Yeah. And see, the thing is that that shouldn't be because it takes them out of the characters. The only person you follow consistently is Willow. Yeah, but and... they're all such archetypes that it's okay. Yeah. Like, you don't need to understand who Buffy is. Like, you don't need to have seen the previous episodes to understand who Buffy is. Do you want to know what my first episode of Buffy was? What? The season three finale. All right. Which, honestly, is an amazing episode of Buffy. It is kind of throwing you into the deep end, though. So I get it. I get it. My advice is bad. But, like, I feel like it is good to show someone an episode that demonstrates what the show is, like, on its face. And that's what I feel like this episode of Charmed is. Like, <sighs> I don't think this is a particularly great or honestly even that good episode of Charmed. It's not bad. It's fine. But if you watch this, I feel like you really get a taste of what Charmed is. Okay, but this episode, to me felt so lifeless like it felt like it was assembled from scraps of other charmed episodes yeah which i feel like is a good encapsulation of charmed all right anyway have you seen my best friend's wedding i'm asking the audience not you because i know that you've both seen my best friend's wedding and the chinese remake of my best friend's wedding that you and i saw together which is so good i mean you have i guess you have to be upset because it doesn't have the gay representation of rupert everett but like it's still it's really good it was so weird what they did with that where like he actually was a love interest but then he pretended to be gay like jokingly for a couple of scenes yeah that was weird but like it's really good the chinese my best friend's wedding is really good you should watch it if you get the chance yeah i enjoyed it but yeah that is a third of this episode a third of this episode is just my best friend's wedding yeah wait is leo the rupert everett of he is no he he even does that thing i was thinking when when he yells at Paige later in the episode um i almost quoted when we were watching it uh but Paige, who's chasing you by the way leo has his doofus dial all the way up to 11 in this episode well i mean that makes sense because piper's being so mean to him like, far be it from me to try to stop someone from being mean to Leo. 
fuckboy extraordinaire, but... Okay, are you sure you're not conflating him with actual person Brian Krause? (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Because remember, Leo was not the one who was famous for betting every extra who crossed the set of Charmed. Although he did start out as a love interest for Phoebe before he married her sister. And don't forget, he slept with their grandmother. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Leo just canonically bone grams. Okay. But the thing is, he's such a wet blanket all the time. Like, it's weird. I feel like you can't be a fuckboy and a wet blanket at the same time. We love you, Brian Krause. We're, we're, we're just making fun. I think that's part of the that's that's part of the supernatural creatureness of him. <laughs> that he is both fuckboy and wet blanket. Yes. Oh, how excited are you for the Dark Leo stuff later? <laughs> the avatars are boring as shit, but I am so ready to get into Dark Leo. When he's straight up hunting down dudes and casually murdering them in front of his infant son. And Piper's like, God, Leo, why don't you visit home more often? We do love a dark character, don't we? <laughs> Leo's the Regina of this show. Is I'm wondering if I might have an issue with this show and that none of the characters are, are dark enough, right? Okay, Phoebe was the queen of hell. And it was the funniest thing the show ever did. It was so hilarious. I can't believe it was only one episode. And that's probably not what you should be getting from someone's turn to darkness. The fact that she was like, Cole, God, it's so fucking windy in this apartment. And you're always taking demon board meetings. And I'm bored and I'm hungry. And the seer keeps on talking to me. Okay, we're like joking and ragging on Charmed. But I want to pinpoint a thing that I find a real issue here. Which is that we are told that the sisters are good but that is a informed attribute as they say on tv tropes right well they kill evil that is the big good thing that they do is that they kill demons who kill people so like yeah no this is my point they are not good but they're not fun evil either they're just terrible humans well the charmed ones are basically the punisher No, because the Punisher understands that what he does is not morally justifiable. He's like the medieval scourge, right? Mm. Like, in in medieval Christian tradition, there's the scourge of God. I I think I've talked about this on other podcasts. I'm sure I have. So the scourge of God is, is a person, is a man, who is destined for hell because the things he does are bad but he does them for god on god's behalf he kills sinners for god Mm. and it's this like morally complicated character and that is what i feel like the sisters could be if the show was more interested in delving into that but instead the show's like no no, they're good because they kill evil right that's all i have to do to be good remember the early seasons when they did stuff like phoebe helped that old couple win the lottery Phoebe used to save people from getting hit by cars a lot, too. That was a big thing for her in season one. And, like, Prue helped that girl reconcile with her dad as a ghost by helping another dad get his daughter's murderer put in jail. Which Which is a roundabout way of helping someone, but, you know. No, this is a really good point, though. I would be interested in a show where they weren't just fighting demons, where they were actually performing good acts. And... I know we talked earlier about how, way, way earlier, about how Prue working at the auction house would have been the perfect 
thing to introduce stories of the week. They did it once and then we're like, uh, never again. Just kidding. I know it was a good idea, but never again. But Or that one episode, remember that one episode where there was barely a subplot about Phoebe helping a woman find her missing daughter? And, like, they introduce the plot because she wants to work at the auction house with Prue and she gets the premonition off the girl's locket. And That's, that's what I mean. That's the only time they use the auction house to, like, introduce a, a character of the week. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were talking about the episode with the uh, painting with the guy trapped inside it. Oh, but that isn't, wasn't even really... That wasn't introduced through the auction house, was it? Oh, yeah, I guess it was. I guess it was. Okay. No, they did it a so few So once times. and a half. <laughs> one and a half times they did it. Because that, that bracelet thing doesn't even count because they seriously dropped that plot halfway through the episode. And then they just introduce it at the end. They're like, by the way, we helped the girl reconnect with her mom or whatever. And Piper's like, okay. But the point I'm working my way towards is that Phoebe doing Ask Phoebe would be another good way to do that. But we don't. Well, they tell us she's helping people, except apparently her column is just telling, I guess it's helping, telling women to leave their husbands is helping. Oh, Listen, I am all about telling people to leave their husbands. Like, yeah, my my literally my profile picture on Facebook is me in the shirt that says "Dump him that you bought for me." Yes, I I I know how to buy a shirt. You do. You do know how to buy a shirt. I also assembled a a crack team of advice columnist experts to comment on phoebe's columns and we've only actually gotten the text of a column once <laughs> in all the time she's been asked phoebe well if you don't if you don't give them the sarcastic ones then they're never going to get any because we have heard more people sarcastically composing letters to phoebe than actual ask phoebe letters i guess that's true you didn't you didn't give your advice group the dear phoebe my boss is a super awesome lady who keeps giving me, like, big career options and, like, all I do is whine to her. Oh, Elise, why are you always getting me on magazine covers and shit? Boo-hoo, what should I fucking do? Signed, Elise. Why do I have sympathy for Elise, of all people? I, I, the show shouldn't be making me have sympathy for Elise. Remember when Elise was mean for, like, three seconds in the first episode she was in? Well, I don't have an issue with that, like face turn because she was she was mean when she was first introduced but then when she realized phoebe was going to make her lots and lots of money she began catering to phoebe like that's totally in character that makes sense remember when she was aviva's aunt kathy and aviva set her on fire with her mind i do remember that god i really i not i wish aviva had been more than a one-shot character i know we go back to this well a lot but god it would have been cool for aviva to be in more of this show well when I first watched Charmed, the first time I watched Charmed, the show had already completed running. Like, the show was over when I started watching it. Hmm. So I did not know a lot about it. I did know that Shannon Doherty left the show early on and was replaced, but I didn't even know... I didn't even know that she was replaced by Rose McGowan. Like, I, that's how little I knew about the show as far as what was going to happen. Hmm. As opposed to Buffy, which when I watched it also had finished airing, but I knew, like, every beat of what was going to happen on that show. Hmm. And when Eva showed up, I was like, oh, is that who's going to show up? Is that who's going to replace Shannon Doherty when she gets killed? Okay. I also, I actually started out, I was watching it on TBS, so it dropped me in season four. But then when they went back to the, to the early season stuff, I knew that Prude died in an episode that had a doctor in it. So whenever there was a doctor, 
I'd be like, is this the episode where Prue dies? Oh, that's interesting. Huh. I really thought she was going to die in the Three Monkeys episode. Yes. Should we start this episode? Yeah, we should actually start this episode. So, Paige is talking to reoccurring character... Uh, Glenn. Glenn. He's been hurt. Okay, this, so this is weird because he's been in like three episodes. This is his third episode, I think. And final. Yes. He, for good reason. He's been a guy who shows up. Uh, he's a childhood friend. He shows up and they bone, right? I'm remembering that right, right? Yes. In the first episode, the one with the fairy tales or whatever, she established that he was a long-term sex friend of hers. Okay. So the way they introduce this is really mean. Honestly, it's mean. Paige is looking through, like, old prom photos of them. They went to the prom together, apparently, stuff like that. And she's realizing that she is in love with him and that she wants to tell him when he shows up. Because he's, he, he, uh, he's your friend that travels. He's, he's like... They don't explicitly say he's a trust fund kid, but he must be, right? Because he just travels around and, like, finds himself all over the place. I don't know. My friend who traveled did that thing where she taught abroad for, like, she taught abroad for a year, and then she'd use the money she made from that to travel. Okay, maybe, yeah, maybe he does something like that. But the point is, he's always off being a free spirit, traveling around. Mm -hmm. And the last time that he was gone, she realized, oh, I'm in love with him. And he found out she's a witch, so it's perfect, because he already knows. Yeah, he had stretchy powers, kind of. So she's going to tell him she's in love with him, and it's going to be great. And spoiler for the middle of this episode, uh-oh, he's showing up with a fiancé. And listen, that's fucking rude. Yeah, you don't spring a fiancé on someone as a surprise, especially if there's someone you've had a even non-romantic sexual relationship with. If you were having sex with a person, I mean... Like, you should tell... It, it shouldn't be a surprise. You know what? I'm not even. I'm not even going to quantify it with... If you're telling someone you're, you know, you don't have to have been having sex with this person. You don't spring a fiance on someone. That's rude. Paige is not out of line to assume that when they meet up, they're going to have sex. And they don't have to, but he is totally gaslighting her to act like she's weird for being surprised that he shows up with a fiance and she's not like immediately able to to roll with it. Yeah. Like, and I, I want to like this character. I think it's a good, interesting note for Paige to have this long-term male friend guy. Because, I mean, Charmed doesn't really have much in the way of reoccurring B characters. We basically have Daryl. That's it. And Daryl's like an A-minus character. Uh, I meant like from the B team. No, that's what I mean. Like, there isn't really a B team at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it would be nice for Charm to have more of a supporting cast. It's nice that Paige has this guy with a complicated but pretty easy to understand relationship. Like, that would have been a cool thing to keep going. I understand why it doesn't keep going after this episode. And honestly, I do like Glenn, even though he is a massive fuckboy. Mm-hmm. You know who he reminds me of? Who? I... I mentioned pete davidson a lot in the last episode uh, we talked about glennon uh-huh and i still do think that he reminds me quite a bit of pete davidson but like if pete davidson had gotten to a transporter accident 
with the love interest from Mean Girls. Okay, yeah, I can totally see that. Who's gay in real life? I am aware. As is the um, guy Janice ends up with from the debate team. Oh. Like, basically every dude in that movie was actually gay. Well, I mean, that's... Are we surprised? Yeah. You know, his husband's on that awful reality show... Yes. ...that everyone hates. Yes. Because that was the level of celebrity they could get for it. The guy from Mean Girls' husband. Yeah. Not the guy from Mean Girls. But, I mean, Mean Girls is such, like, an iconically campy movie. It would be shocking if the majority of people involved with it were not queer. Mm. Okay. The house has poltergeists or something? Okay, this is some goofy-ass shit. Leo wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and he is a scared, sad little puppy man. He's Piper, what are you doing? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay, but what is she doing? Okay, apparently they have spiritual pests in the house. They're not poltergeists, they're not ghosts, but... It's like a spiritual disturbance from all of the demons that they vanquished in the house that, like, are moving shit around, and Piper's trying to put it back in order, and it's like, Piper, just go back to bed, my god. Yeah, like, Leo points out, who fucking cares if the physical manifestation of bad vibes in the house is moving the diapers from the diaper drawer to under the crib? The baby isn't due for two more months. Like, who cares? Also, there's no point in moving it now. The ghosts or spirits or energy or whatever, until it dissipates, it's going to keep moving shit around. So you're just, you're just, you know, trying to bail out the boat while it's still leaking or whatever. Yeah. I guess that is what you do. But you know what I mean. Yes. It's shoveling the driveway while it's still snowing. There you go. There you go. So, Piper hears a ringing and she goes out in the hallway and Paige is like, what the fuck is that? It's Phoebe. Phoebe, the fuck that is. Okay. I don't get why they're being such dicks about, like, she's doing a cleansing ritual, which involves her yelling loudly in weird pink pajamas that... I think they're cute. I guess. they're, They're just the normal, like, top and bottom pajamas and they're, like, pink silky. I like them. They're a little... I feel like it's something you wear for someone, not something you wear just to sleep in. She's wearing them for Leo. Oh, dear. No, she's wearing them for the ghost of Cole. Because oh, that's... my God. It's everything is not about you, Phoebe. She's she's convinced that this evil spirit is because of Cole. Yeah. And Leo's like, it's not because of Cole. This is a normal ass thing that witches have to deal with. That we've never seen before and we'll never see again. Yes. When a lot of demons have been vanquished in one spot, it becomes a repository of negative energy, which, you know what? I buy it. I watch some Star Trek. That's, you know. Yeah. Fine. The evil energy forms into like a spooky lady and it picks up Phoebe and it's waving her around and Piper starts trying to blow it up because Paige does. You pointed it out, it out, and now I can't unsee it. I know I say that every episode, but Paige says, "Piper, blast it!" Before Piper's allowed to use her yep. powers, is Piper a Pokemon? Yep. Piper cannot use her powers unless someone says, "Piper, blow it up!" And she tries, but luckily she doesn't blow up Phoebe. But she doesn't blow up the strange energies either. 
And then we get the... Uh, she blows up the ceiling light. Yeah, and, the chandelier. And the electrocute... Not the, the chandelier. But one of many chandeliers in this house. But she blows it up. The electricity kind of just gets on the spirit, which is supposed to be how you kill poltergeists, which, no, it's not Paige. Shut up. But, well, no, yeah. I mean, I think it's important that they're telling us that this Pokemon type is weak to electricity. That's... That's... Well, save... Save... Put that in your pocket and save it. This... This particular creature is weak to electrical attacks we have like come on Paige. although i guess Paige wasn't there for either of the poltergeist episodes huh but they they clarified it's not poltergeist yeah just because a poltergeist thing worked on it doesn't mean that it's a poltergeist it's just you know what i'm just gonna call it strange energies for the rest of the episode it's just strange energies hey you know what we haven't seen in a while Really long intro sequences of San Francisco. Those are making a comeback. Yeah, they are. I thought you were going to say we haven't seen them warding the house ever. <laughs> Maybe if they warded the house, they wouldn't have so many demons blowing up and they wouldn't have to worry about it. Meanwhile, Paige is having a montage after the 5,000 shots of San Francisco. Paige is being cute in the mirror and she's changing her clothes and she's putting on her girl makeup. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is technically a montage, but it's more a get ready with me. Get ready with me to tell my childhood crush that I want to bone him forever and ever. And she's wearing... It's... Is there a non-creepy way to say virginal outfit? Like... It's like this white sundress with, like, yellow flowers on it. The whole... Yeah, I mean, that is, that is what it... But it can't come right out and say bride. Yes. So bride, bride is, is more, more implied. implied. Yeah, that's totally what she's doing. Meanwhile, Piper is mad at Leo because their house has ghosts or whatever. And and Leo's like, well, they'll usually just go away on their own. And, and Phoebe's like, this one won't because it's Cole. Cole oh. wasn't even vanquished in this dimension, Phoebe. He died in an alternate timeline. And not in the... No, no, never mind. It was in the manor. But it was in an alternate timeline. It wasn't in the manor. It was in... Wait, was it in the manor? Yeah. It wasn't in his penthouse? No. No, because they check the penthouse afterwards. Oh, okay. Right, 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 right. That's why the episode ends there. But I totally remembered it happening in the penthouse, too, but... No, you're right, though. It was in the manor. Yeah. Okay, but still, it happened in an alternate timeline. His energy's probably not going to fall... Or, or, or... Does that make it more likely that his energies would seep through? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not coal. It's just a, it's just a buildup of energy. So Paige is like, my plot this episode is going to be about telling Glenn that I like love him or whatever. And Piper's like, my plot this episode is that I'm angry all the time and also I'm having a baby. Also, just in case you didn't know that it was the early 2000s, Paige's virginal outfit includes a floor-length khaki skirt. Is there anything more early 2000s than that? Phoebe is being weirdly proactive here because she's been flipping through the book. Yeah, she's been looking through the book trying to find things that would, you know, cleanse the house. In fact, that's why she was doing something at three in the morning, which, you know what? I just have to say it. Little Miss Thing wants attention, okay? <laughs> like, you found a spell to cleanse the house and decided it had to be done at 3 o'clock in the morning while everyone else is theoretically asleep. 
I also want to point out, like, you could have just got a hotel and then handled this in the morning, right? Or you could have just slept because the ghosts don't hurt anything. The, the strange energies don't hurt anything. Yeah, I mean, like, the main reason they picked up Phoebe was because she was banging that bell and yelling, which I guess meant that it was working. Yeah, I guess it did. They really should have kept going with that. Yeah. Huh. But instead, Phoebe is summoning a witch doctor, which... I don't feel qualified to talk about this. Nope, I, I'm I, uncomfortable. I don't think it's great, but you know what? Whatever. Leo, by the way, God, Leo is like next door, the app in this episode. Because he's like, I don't know if we should invite a witch doctor. They're not technically classified as good creatures, so I don't know if we can trust one. And Piper's like, you know what? I, I want to stop moving this one pack of diapers to a separate part of the room, so fuck it. Witch doctor in time. So the the witch doctor is summoned, and he's wearing a, a classy-looking suit, and he calls them out on... The, the the racist presumptions that they probably had about what a witch doctor would look like. He is a black actor, but yes. he's like, he's a black actor, and he's like, I bet you're expecting me to have a bone through my nose. And Paige is like, yeah, kind of. And we're like, ugh. Very uncomfortable. Not great. Like, Charmed has had other black people who were witches. Like, remember Max, the psychokinetic kid from before mm-hmm. Prue died? And that witch that had half of the amulet that good broke in half so it could only half protect people from demons. And then she died because she had half of an amulet. Honestly, it's weird that they decided that they needed to use the term witch doctor and then have it have this kind of connotation when they could have made it be literally anything. It could have made up anything. Spirit healer. And it could have been the same act. Like the, the could have been the same actor in the same plot, and you could have. Just, anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, it, it it's it's the Romani episode all over again. We're like yes, yes. You could have just said something else, and it would have been fine. But whatever. So this guy is here to cleanse the house. The whole thing with witch doctors in this show is that, like Furies, their goal is to eliminate evil leo doesn't trust them though because despite their goal being the elimination of evil they're not inherently good they will use any method to destroy evil including evil methods which as you brought up at the beginning of the episode is basically what the charmed ones do right like they torture a lot of people okay i need to go on a weird tangent about my own medical history okay um i have a high pain tolerance Mm mm-hmm and so when I get sick enough that I think I have to go to the doctor, I tend to be very, very sick because I, I just don't feel the need to go before then. Mm-hmm. Twice in my life, I've been in a situation where I've been like, okay, it's time to deal with this thing. And I've gone to the doctor and I've been like, hey, I think I need to deal with this thing. When I knew my insurance was going to run out, I decided I really need to get my tonsils out because they were like ginormous. It was, a, it was a problem. And I went to the doctor. I said, listen, I think I need to have my tonsils out. He says, he does that little condescending little girl thing. He's like, he's like, okay, well, I'm the doctor. How about you let me be the judge of that? And I open my mouth. I'm like, I, b- I barely opened my mouth and he had his little light on. And he was like, oh no, those need to come out. And it was basically the same situation with my endometriosis. Um, and then with my tonsils, he told me, at the, the surgeon told me after the fact, he was like, 
he was like, they were like two gigantic bags of sand. <laughs> Which I know is the line from 40-Year-Old Virgin, but that is what he told me about my tonsils. Going, was this post-40-Year-Old Virgin? Had it happened recently, was it perhaps in his mind? Because otherwise that is a weird comparison. Maybe, but that's what he told me. It was like when they pulled them out. And the same with my endometriosis, to which um, the, the surgeon told me it was one of the worst he'd ever seen. That's not generally what you want to hear. My point is... They're like, hey, we have some evil energies in this house. We'd like you to cleanse it. And he's like, okay, okay. Let me just take a look and see how much evil energy you have in your house. Oh, my God. Did you guys banish a demon in your own home? And they're like. Oh. They're like maybe one or two or a hundred or two hundred. A month. He's like, okay, girls, listen, I will banish your demons. Your evil energies, your strange energies. But then we need to sit down and have a discussion about fucking wards around <laughs> your house. No, he doesn't say that. That's me saying that. But oh my god. I do like that the implication here is that most witches don't vanquish demons in their own houses. Yes! Uh. I mean, on one hand, I do kind of get it. Like, it is their center of power or whatever. And sometimes the... Sometimes the, uh... The Nexus? Uh... The no. Hollow? Some t- the Woogie? The Chandelier. Oh, yeah, yeah, Shoots out white light to protect them from energy balls or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not not consistently, but it does happen sometimes. Anyway, the witch doctor gets to work de-demifying the house, de-demon energy, strange energy zizing the house. But at Phoebe's work, she's having a feud with Ger- with Gerard Butler's evil advice columnist character from that rom-com he did with Katherine Heigl where the dude has a heart over his wiener in the poster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of that movie. But yeah. Uh... Yeah. Okay, is this a thing in real life? Did I miss it amongst the Andrew Tates and, I don't know, Mr. E's of the world? I, I don't feel like I've ever actually seen anything where it's evil male advice columnist in real life. Nope. Only, only in movies and TV shows. And only because they want to be able to do an enemies to lovers plot with the female advice columnist. But that, no, it's not a thing. Like the cruel truth, or the ugly truth. That was the name of that movie. I mean, I guess the closest you could get to saying something like that would be Dan Savage, and even he is like, first of all, his. I mean, it's it's totally different, but he's not what this guy is portrayed as being, which is just a raging misogynist who, when People write into him and are like, hey, I'm a woman and I'm thinking about going to college. And he responds, no, stay home and have babies. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Yeah, like, what newspaper is running this? Also, according to Elise, they're making a fortune off him. How? No idea. Like, I would get it if he, like, I I get it. People like Mr. E and, um. Yeah, but that's, here's the thing. Pick up pickup artists and and kind of the the weird anti-pickup artist incel anger community that sprung up out of pickup artists Mm -hmm. 
aren't aimed at men. The audience there is men. Advice columnists, generally their audience is women. And this guy's audience is explicitly women. Yeah, he is directly a competitor to Phoebe. So what are we doing here? Like, that's not... Uh, Okay, not to talk about the ugly truth more, because who remembers the ugly truth? We barely do. But, like... (laughs) Yes. But, like, in the movie, Gerard Butler is brought into a morning show to give advice because he's so popular as an advice giver in other media. I think he had a radio show, which I guess is more, makes more sense, but he's brought in on a morning show and his whole thing is basically men are horny. So ladies, if you want to keep your man, you have to get really good at having sex with him. And then the guy they have to bring in later in the movie to make him appear like a good guy is basically advocating rape. Because that's the level you have to go to to make Gerard Butler look good in that movie. That kind of advice. Which is a thing movies keep doing. Do you remember Good Luck Chuck? I remember that it exists. Okay, in Good Luck Chuck, a guy becomes famous because a witch put a curse on his penis. So that every time he breaks up with a girl, she immediately finds true love afterwards. And like... He uses this to have sex with a lot of women. And the team for that movie allegedly used this premise to get a lot of B-roll of women showing their breasts. That was not intended to be in the movie ever. Ooh, gross. From what I hear. But to make him palatable as a leading man, they do the same thing. Where his best friend, who's played by that guy who's the guy you get when you can't get... um. You can't get Jonah Hill or the guy who's under Jonah Hill but then kind of surpassed him. He was Olaf and Frozen. Josh Gad. You know that guy you get when you can't get Josh Gad? The one from... The one who's the... The creepy friend on Don't Trust the Bean Apartment 23? No, although, yes, that guy. Although he's really more who you get when you can't get Zach Galifianakis. Yes. No, he was in Balls of Fury, like nothing else. That was his one. Anyway that guy they make him legitimately a rapist like he's posing as he starts posing as dane oh my god dane cook was the main guy in good luck chuck they have him pose as like he's posing as dane cook to trick women into having sex with him because women find out about dane cook's magic penis oh my god this was a real movie you know what maybe it's a good thing that comedies are kind of dying as a genre well i think an important lesson that we're all learning from this conversation is that the early 2000s were a terrible terrible time to be a woman and um hey that's also the so yeah that's the subtext of this scene because phoebe is being out advice columned by a guy who legitimately just gives women the advice of get back in the kitchen which it's stated verbatim i i honestly think that Okay, I was on a, I was on a, the Charmed subreddit, because, you know, periodically I'm always on the Charmed subreddit. Um, but somebody on the Charmed subreddit was like, I don't understand, was the audience for this show women? Because it seems like it's aimed at women, but why do we see their boobs so often? Or, you know, through their very flimsy tops, not actual boobs, but like... Are you sure this wasn't a conversation with me? Because I also feel like I've mentioned this kind of a lot. Well, no, I, this is the, this is the thing, like... The kind of the, the the kind of thing where even in media that was aimed at women, 
centered the male gaze. Like it was just it was just constant. That's where you get that's where you get the cool girl, right? The girl who can hang. Because she's all like, yeah, I'll center the male gaze because I I get it. That's how it is. That's just the world we live in. And this episode, I didn't bring it up when we started talking about this episode, but it's one of the things that really bothered me about it is that this is one of the episodes that I would point to as uh, when I talked about how, you know, if I'm going to start do my thesis about how the show started out being about like Wicca and women and sisterhood and then... Constance and Burge leaves, and now it's about, like, sexy, cheesecake-y stuff. Well, we're going to get plenty of that later this episode. But also, it's it's so not written from a women, woman's perspective, right? Like, the whole thing with Paige is weird and bad. I hate that plot so much. Phoebe's plot is going to be that she just wants to, like, she gets all sexy. Piper's plot is that she's all shrewy, like... <laughs> Yep, Piper, Piper is married and pregnant and thus is constantly yelling and angry at everyone all the time. Listen, listen, women, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be a woman who wants to have sex with men, or you can be a woman who is desperate to get married, or you can be a woman who is, is a shrewish mother. like A woman who is married but hates her husband and only procreates to... You can you can be anything you want, girls. The three kinds of women there are. Although Phoebe also wants to get married a lot. That is. Oh, I'm I'm in this specific episode. Ah, yes. And and speaking of back at the back of the newspaper, this is what Elise is telling her that Elise has decided that the best way to get Phoebe's female readership. To go back to her instead of this misogynistic asshole. Is to show her boobs in a magazine. Yes! She's like, I set up an interview for you. A photo shoot. A it's fo- not even an interview. It's just a photo shoot. A photo shoot. And the way that you're going to get attention back from the guy who's, like, calling women pigs in his newspaper column is to show your breasts. So show as much skin as possible and... You know, the controversy is going to be good for our paper. Ugh. Anyway, meanwhile, Paige has gone to the lake where she's going to meet Glenn, and she's found the place with the best lighting to show off her her virginal dress. Like, honestly, this, the, the, lighting, the lighting is working for Rose McGowan here. Oh, yeah. Rose McGowan is so beautiful she in this episode. She looks like an angel. An angel in terrible early 2000s <laughs> outfits. So... Yeah, Glenn is being a huge dick here because Paige is like, I've got a special little secret for you, Glenn. And he's like, well, I've got a special little secret for you too, Paige. I'm getting married. Wah, wah. And here's my fiance. Some blonde lady. I have to, I, I haven't seen the original My Best Friend's Wedding in like forever. I have to imagine these shots were directly stolen from My Best Friend's Wedding. Because but at least, at least... Julia Roberts knew that she was going to his wedding. Like, it wasn't sprung on her like it is on Paige, who thought she was going to get laid. Well, I, I, I just mean the cinematography. Because, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Because, actually, they do a lot of really interesting camera stuff this episode. I don't know if the director or whoever was just... Bored? I like, uh, was going to say felt like experimenting, but, like, they do, like this kind of slow motion thing as Glenn's blonde fiance runs up to page who you will remember is now redheaded. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's kind of this perspective flip to get back to Paige. There's a lot of interesting camera stuff in this episode. Yeah. So Leo is keeping an eye on the witch doctor while he cleanses the house. Oh my God, Leo, this is so... Because he doesn't trust him. And it's like, this dynamic is weird, Leo. Like, this guy is doing you a favor. Like, we're not getting any indication that he's getting paid at all for this. Although it is always weird when somebody's in your house, like, working on plumbing or something. Oh, I avoid... When 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 we have plumbers or whatever, I always do not want to be in the same area as them. I just want to let them work. And I don't want them to feel like they have to engage with me at all. I just want the work to be done and then i will i just actually feel so awkward i'm like should i be getting water or something to like or or i don't know i always feel awkward when there's people in the house working on stuff yeah and like when when that plumber guy came and he was cutting the hole in the ceiling because of the thing like i I talked to him a bunch we talked about our kids it was you know i'm not going to go out of my way to avoid someone who is doing something for me in the house but i don't want to feel like i'm crowding them either oh yeah yeah no, which totally. is definitely what leo is doing here oh yeah he's being a real karen over he, here he keeps yes wasn't gonna say it but yes he keeps on asking questions he's like are you sure you're doing non-evil things and the guy's like yes destroying evil is my whole gig like i know you feel like i know that this is when a guy takes his car to the mechanic and he feels like he has to pretend he knows what's going on I'm just here to destroy the evil spirits, dude. He's not even, he's, remember that he's a magical creature, right? So he's not even like a guy who went into some sort of cleansing job and that's what he does. Like his very nature is to destroy evil spirits. So maybe you can get off his back, (laughs) Leo. Leo's also afraid of him stealing, which God, the optics of this are so rough. Ugh. So Paige storms into the house as Piper is yelling at Leo for interfering with the guy doing his job, which, you know what? Good. Good. Way to use your yelling at your husband powers for good. But Paige bursts in the house to complain about how Glenn's getting married, so now she has to kill him. And the witch doctor's like, so are you evil witches? Seriously? Like... They're going to go to the extreme in this episode after the witch doctor does what he does. But at this point, everyone's kind of being terrible already. I kind of get where he's coming from. Yeah. We see him steal a picture off the wall of uh, the sisters. Their Their iconic picture where the three of them are standing next to each other. Their picture to pan to if one of them goes missing picture. And the... uh, the witch doctor locates the last strange energy and destroys it. And also the TV, prompting Paige to say, Ugh, I guess I'm not watching the Osbournes tonight. Premonition on our time freeze. <laughs> but, yeah, he's like, okay, so that was the big one. Next time, call me before there's a huge buildup of evil energy in the house. Just call me on the reg so I can clear you out. I right? do I do actually think witch doctors come back in a later episode. Oh, okay. Because I remember Phoebe having this weird presence that she thinks is Cole, but ends up being her. Oh my god, she just thinks everything is Cole. Yeah. I think a witch doctor's in that episode, too. So after he leaves, Piper gets one last bitchy comment off, where she's, like, looking around the house that's all exploded because he was exploding spirits. Well, he's like, the house is cleansed, and, you know. She says, doesn't look cleansed to me. Oh my god! 
whatever. We see him fly, like, through the clouds. Again, you're right, it's an, it's a kind of, we get his POV shot of him flying through the clouds. That, that's a, that's a strange shot for this show, not something we would normally see. Well, when he was confronting the final, the final energy or whatever, the, the big one, there's this really cool shot that's, like, from behind and beneath him as he's confronting, where it's, like, looking up at him from a low angle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's some, there's some camera work I really like in this episode. So we see um, the witch doctor return to the clouds where he lives, I guess. And he talks to his his boss, I guess? Yeah, there's like a whole council of dudes. And he's like, I think I just found like the most evil witches ever. He's like, I was just in a house with these like super, super powerful witches and I get that they fight evil, but they're also the worst human beings I have ever seen. <laughs> it's not. I, I was gonna say he's not wrong, but it's like I, season season six is out here in the future saying, "Hey, hold my beer, right?" <laughs> so Leo is mad because he's convinced the witch doctor stole a bunch of stuff from the house, which. He did. He did do that. Yes, but he, to be fair, he did. But he, he, he didn't do that because he's, like, some sort of thief. He did it because he decided that these people were evil and he needed personal objects from them so he could strip them of their powers. Which, fair, or hex them. He's going to hex them. Right, right. This is before Disney purchased the uh, and copyrighted the word hex. So, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, when I need to not answer my phone to a specific person when I not need to not pick up a specific person's call. I put a picture of Phoebe looking at me judgmentally in her worst outfit or the worst outfit I could think of um, on my, on that person's contact. And it's the outfit she's wearing right now. Wow. I, this, this is, this is a far cry from her worst outfit. To I be was going to say the Cinderella dress exists. It's a combination of, like, bad outfit with judgmental look. That's Mm. the... That's what I was going for there. So, Leo is going through the house looking for all of the things the witch doctor could have stolen. It was a picture of the sisters. It was Paige's lucky rabbit's foot key ring. Mm -hmm. And I was, I don't know, a hairbrush from Phoebe or something. One thing from every one of them. A toothbrush from Phoebe. Uh, Gross. Yeah. But, like, Piper's, like, Piper's kind of on the ball with this. She's like, okay, fine, I'll make a new potion to summon him back, because clearly if I don't, this is going to be a thing we're going to have to deal with, which, good being proactive. And Leo, being the opposite of proactive, decides he's going to go check with the elders. I mean, if the elders actually gave good advice, that would be a good thing to do, but they, they very rarely seem to. It's just what they say in the show when they need to get Leo out of the scene. He'll go check with the elders. I mean, they do. They do make jokes about that later. This episode has a lot of fourth wall humor. So again, they do a, an interesting camera trick where we zoom in on the picture frame with the, the empty picture frame where he took the picture. And then we do like a fast cut from that empty frame to the picture itself, which is, you know, centered on in the shot right where the frame was. It's like, it's... It's interesting and it's not, it's, it's a flourish, right? Hmm. So the guys explained to his bosses that like, look, the house was so full of evil energy, even though they claimed to be good witches, they gotta be evil. 
so the witch doctor is going to destroy the sisters with a hex that will something something their worst personality traits until it destroys them we've seen variations on this several times before I think the most fun one, of course, being in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay, sure. They I can do see this it. so many times in the show. There's going to be one in the last season where it's basically the same thing. I don't want to spoil what the huge, huge flaw in this hex is, but let me just say that. Let me just. Let me just tease everybody here that there is a huge flaw in this i'm gonna cast a hex that's gonna bring out their worst qualities thing their qual it will bring out their worst qualities in a way that will destroy them yes which is the is it is it that the way their worst qualities are brought out is in such a way that it doesn't destroy any of them except i guess technically phoebe and only because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time no it's Okay, I said I wasn't going to say it, but I'll say it. Yeah. It's that getting to getting them to the edge of almost destroying themselves is what breaks the hex and snaps them out of it. Well, okay, the thing that bugs me about this episode is that the hex doesn't break because they have any sort of personal revelation about anything. It's they succeed in their goals and then they feel bad about it and the hex breaks. Except Phoebe, who I think they just, like, punch in the face or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, that shouldn't be... If the Hex is supposed to use their worst qualities to destroy them, why does it break when they realize that they've done something shitty? Right? Alright, so... Like, at least with the Sins, like, Piper nearly got buried to death in an avalanche of stuff she bought because she was gluttonous for stuff. I really feel like that should have been greed, but... <laughs> And, like, Phoebe was nearly murdered by a guy she was banging because that's unfortunate, but, you know. And Prue's pride caused her to jump into a bottomless pit to prove how great she was. Like, that's how you destroy someone with their... With their sin. Yeah. yeah. Or their desires or whatever. So, Paige, meanwhile, has gone to the church where Glenn is going to get married. He's, like, scoping it out. And he sees Paige there and he's like, Paige, why were you so mean to Jess when I sprung her on you right after I definitely heavily implied that we were going to have sex and then continue to have sex together for the rest of our lives as a couple? And Paige is like, well, because that was a fucked up thing to do. And he's like, eh, I guess it kind of was. No, he's not. He's like, why? Why were you hurt? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and she has to go on this thing where she's like, look, I don't like like you, but... There is a connection or something. And then uh, Brooke or whoever comes Jessica. up. Jessica. Jessica. She comes up and she's like, Glenn, why are you talking to her? Because women, you know, how you know how women are, right? Well, and then Paige's eyes glow. So we know that the hex has hit her. And she's like, hey, Jessica, I shouldn't have been so mean to you when obviously you have enough problems. What with... Having to skank around to steal my man. Yeah. You know, with that, you know, botched nose job and your, you know, bad dye job. And I'm assuming you don't have a good regular job because you're clearly dumb as all get out. And, like, she is going all in on this girl. And, uh... Glenn's like, Paige, what's wrong with you? She says, nothing's wrong with me. You're the one who's going to marry the, a terrible person who's terrible for him. 
And then, you know, Jessica runs sobbing into the distance and Glenn goes after her and Paige is like, whoops. Paige has like a satisfied evil smile. Meanwhile, they're throwing more corn husk dolls or something into the... Uh, we cut we cut back briefly to the witch doctors who are doing more more hexing so that now we can see it taking effect on Piper. Leo asks Piper if she's almost done with the summoning spell and she's like, just some snake skin and a bad rhyme away because, you know, we're, we're being meta now. Mm-hmm. And Leo has apparently has gone to the elders and I guess the elders were useful because he comes back and he's like, yeah, they're definitely going to put a hex on you. That's why they that's why he stole all that stuff. So definitely summon them. And she's like, mm, sorry, my eyes are glowing now, and now I have, and and now I have a a problem with all of the mess in the house, and I have to clean, 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 clean. But she's sanit, but she nothing can be clean enough, so it must be burned. Yeah, she 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 dials it up really quickly. She sees water spots on the kitchen window, and she blows it up. And she's just tossing plates into the garbage because, you know, they'll never be clean enough now. Yeah, they can never really be sanitized. To reference a show that I don't think we've ever referenced before on our podcast. Okay. It's like that one episode of Monk where there's the garbage strike and he's like, we need to burn the city down. Okay, so one of the TVs at my gym has started showing episodes of Monk. And it's very weird because I keep seeing actors who aren't like famous famous later but like rachel dratch was a kidnapping victim's uh granddaughter in one and there was the guy who's the security guard in the office was a security guard oh yeah you can do lots of premonitions on on monk as well and i guess it's like law and order right yeah uh on office ladies podcast where jenna fisher and uh angela kinsey talk about old episodes of the office one of the things they do when they're talking about various guest stars they've had is look and see if that person has ever also guested on Monk. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they always have. So at Phoebe's photo shoot, the photographer, the very obviously gay photographer, so hey, way to acknowledge gay people exist, Charmed. He, I think it, it's so that it doesn't come off creepy that he's like, hey, Phoebe, show me your boobs. And she's like, oh, no, I can't. And he's like, all right, whatever. You're the one who, you're, it's your career. Yeah, I, I think the reason that this guy has to be flamboyantly gay is so that we know it's not a creepy thing that he's asking to see her boobs. Leo shows up and is like, Phoebe, we have to go we have to go home because there's definitely a hex coming. And the photographer is like, um, who are you? And he says, I'm her brother-in-law. And he's like, okay, well, brother-in-law, get out of the shot. This isn't. Ask Phoebe's brother-in-law. <laughs> and Phoebe... Phoebe's eyes glow. And she's like, you know what? Time to strip naked! And this is such a TV thing. She has the, she is, it has like a full coverage two-piece bathing suit on under her dress, apparently. What was the plan there? Like, at least a part of her must have thought she was probably going to do this. Otherwise, she would have just had underwear on under her dress, right? Yeah, yeah. Or is the implication that she wears a full-coverage two-piece bathing suit as underwear? Okay, so... Not to immediately reference something else right in the heels of us referencing... That's what we do. Yeah. So, there's a bit in a webcomic I used to read Mm -hmm. where a character is... She's playing a video game and she's like, Why is everyone acting like my character's naked? Like, I'm wearing... 
I'm wearing leather underwear. It's, you know, like, it's not a lot, but it, it covers about the same amount as, like, my chainmail bikini normally covers. And someone who she's playing the game with is like, well, I think it's because, you know, because the game is rated T or whatever, you're to understand that your character is supposed to be naked, but for the benefit of the audience, the underwear exists. So in-universe, people are probably seeing you as naked, whereas we're seeing this person is covered although apparently you can just show dong now from what i hear about uh baldur's gate 3 <laughs> yeah I mean, there's a setting you can toggle you can toggle the dong on or off yeah skyrim doesn't let you do that <laughs> uh it's like in the seminal piece of uh cinema easy a no i love that movie um but when she gets in trouble for saying the word twat, in my head, I just assume that that's just because it's PG-13 and that in actuality she said snuck. Yes. Should I bleep that? Are we bleeping that? Uh, you go ahead and bleep that word. Okay. I wasn't but sure. Then... This isn't bluey. We just can't say that word all willy-nilly. <laughs> it's Australia. It's not that big of a deal there. I'm aware. I'm just assuming, because you know it's edited for the American release. Yes. I'm assuming that the editing is mostly them removing that word, which you'll note I don't have to bleep out because I'm not saying it. Anyway. Do you remember when Chili said, uh, said, see you next Thursday to Muffin's mom? And you were like... Yeah! But no, because it's Australia, they would have just had her say it. I definitely think that that was, I definitely think that somebody wrote that on purpose. And she was saying it to Trixie. That would have to be, a, that would have to be the uh, an American dubbing thing, though. There's no way Australia has that as a thing. Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah, that's. I know we have some Australian listeners. Please tell us if See You Next Tuesday is a, like, coded way of saying that word in australia as well as it is here in america i mean i guess american people have ways around things that we could theoretically say on television no but now i'm curious yeah all right let us know okay back to the church back to the church where glenn's fiance is like why did you let her be so mean to me and he's like sorry i've known her since we were kids and jessica's like well then marry her yeah we got real r slash relationships over here Mm -hmm. maybe he should write to ask phoebe Ha. Ugh. Well, Phoebe's in her dump him face, so Phoebe would just tell her that love is dead and she should leave. Not that she has to... Not that Jess has to worry about this, because Paige immediately kidnaps her and abandons her on the one hell set that we consistently have, the ledge outcropping. Yep, yep. She takes her down to hell and then just leaves her there, which, remember, Cole previously did with the prosecutor, and Cole was evil for doing that. The Hex did not make them evil. It just enhanced whatever pettiness they already had. So it was already in her to do that. Well, Paige does love the torture, so I are we surprised? Yeah, I guess not. Alright, so Phoebe is back at the manor. I guess her photo shoot's over. And she is brewing a potion to destroy the other advice columnist. Yes, the reason that she showed her breasts to the photographer was because it was to destroy the evil advice columnist. That is her driving evil force thing, destroying the evil advice columnist. Yes. And 
Piper arrives with a bunch of those old school furniture covers to cover up all the furniture. And Phoebe points out, she's like, we're possessed, right? That's what's going on here. And <laughs> Piper's like, we don't have time. She's like, I don't have time for this. Sure, whatever. Piper literally says, because Phoebe's leaving a huge mess in her, you know, quest to create a potion to vanquish the evil advice columnist. She rushes out without cleaning it up and Piper's like, hey, and she's like, I'm possessed. I don't have time to clean. And Piper's like, that's not an excuse in this house, which is a kind of funny exchange. But Okay, you know what? I I said that this episode felt kind of lifeless to me, but now that we're talking about it, I kind of like, I do, I, I am enjoying how chaotic it's getting, right? Phoebe's like, Phoebe's getting ready to go poison her her rival. Piper is just in, in enhanced clean mode. And Leo goes over to the church where he finds... Paige in a wedding dress and is like no no we are we are off the rails now why are you wearing a wedding dress and then she glamours herself to look like Jessica and he's like no absolutely not 100% no okay so a Paige can really casually glamour herself now which it's going to be a thing for the rest of the show it's weird that that's not an active power she describes it as a white lighter thing it is a white lighter thing I was just going to say that it's a white lighter power Okay, I guess it, they they can all do it later though. Like, yeah, but I I assume it takes a little work for them to do it when we see them doing it later. But Paige can just always do it. Hmm. Hmm. I I don't feel like this is one of Paige's normal powers, but I guess it is. Like, and we know white lighters can do it, so it makes sense. Yeah. Again, again, Paige. Paige doesn't really get her own powers outside of the object orping. It's just white lighter powers. I mean, maybe it's not something that's easy for her later because right now she's powered by pettiness in a way she is not later. So maybe it's harder for her later. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's easier for all of them later. God, remember the whole secret identities thing in the last season? That's exactly what I was thinking about. But yeah, Leo comes in. Leo has strong, doofy cartoon bear energy this episode. I kind of like it. It's a little fun. He's like, what are you doing, Paige? And Paige is like, I'm getting married to the man I love. And he's like, uh, uh. I mean, I think of him more here as like Mickey and the Sorcerer's Apprentice running around. <laughs> trying to trying to rein in the, the magical chaos and failing utterly. I do love, he's like, Paige, I can't let you do this. And again, there's another cool shot of her orbing behind him and it does this kind of like slow down speed up thing when she orbs around him like i don't know it's really cool they kind of shift angles around him and then she appears on the other side of him they did a lot of like fast tracking camera moves in this episode i don't know why maybe they got new equipment and they just wanted to use it maybe because like her orbing behind him did not need this whole camera set up it did not also, apparently Glenn didn't have any questions about immediately moving up the wedding. Well, she said she needed to do it because they needed to get married and then get the fuck out of there away from his ex who is super jealous for no reason that he's getting married. Don't you want, like, friends and family at your wedding? Or, like, I mean, I feel like Glenn should have more questions about this, but whatever, this is the last episode we have with Glenn. Maybe what? they're loners and neither of them have friends or family, but he wanted to get married at this particular church because it's one that has good associations for him. So Leo tries to interrupt the wedding and and he assumes that Leo was sent there by Paige to destroy the wedding. And then Paige, as Jess is like, can you give can you give your childhood best friend's new brother-in-law and me a moment to talk by ourselves? And he does! 
this without really suspecting anything. Like, I feel like at this point it's pretty obvious what's happening if you know that she's a witch. So the sexist guy is sexistly sex-pesting a lady when Phoebe walks up and she's like, Hey, you're a pig. Wait, or, no, no, you're so, a turkey. Why isn't he a pig? Is it because they did it already? I think it's because the joke needs to be that she's going to cook him and Kokovan is easier to cook than, um, or I guess it wouldn't be Kokovan. Uh, turkey is easier to cook than pig. Like, you can bring a live turkey back to the manor and be like, this is dinner. But you can't really bring a full-size pig back to the manor and be like, this is dinner. I mean, this At least guy... not if, unless you have an advanced degree in butchering that these girls do not have. This guy is cartoonishly sexist. He's like, he's like, if you can't, because t- she's like, you're a mean, mean, bad man. He's like. Well, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. Except you're a woman, so your place is in the kitchen. Also, I I have used the kitchen joke two times in the only things we have seen from me before this. Does he only have the one joke? I mean, a lot of times, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of times we comedically exaggerate what people say. That is actually what he says. He Yes, he literally says, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. Except a kitchen is where women belong. And then she turns him into a turkey. Oh my god. See, again, the little lingle shuttling. But, yeah, so Phoebe turns him into a turkey and then cartoonishly grabs him by the neck and pulls him off screen. Yep. Uh, Back at the manor, Leo hears something happening on the roof, so he runs outside to see what is the matter. And we get an interesting low angle shot where he looks up at Piper, who is pulling the shingles off the roof because they're filthy. So, Phoebe... Walks up the stairs to the manor, holding a bird in a bird sling, and she's like, this was an advice columnist, but now it's a turkey, and I'm going to kill him and, you know, cook him, and then we're going to eat him. And Leo's like, Phoebe, what the fuck? No, and he starts going after her, and Piper blows him up because he has dirt on his shoes, and she doesn't want him to drag it in the house. And then he realizes... Like, he, for whatever reason, being blown up is what gives him the revelation that when Paige said that some people, you know, deserve to be in hell, that meant that she had brought Jessica down to hell and abandoned her there. So he goes down to get her. And I'm assuming hell's pretty big, but apparently he knows the one spot in hell where they drop people. Yeah, just the one ledge, the one ledge that they stick people on. Oh my god, it's the caves episode of Star Trek that we just watched. Exactly. Lower Decks. Lower Decks has been so good this season. If you haven't watched Lower Decks, you should watch all of it just so you can get to this season. Because the, the earlier stuff is good too. But anyway, like Leo comes in. He has this, the same thing he had with the inspector that Cole dropped off in hell where she's like, No, no, don't touch me. Leave me alone. And he's like, No, take my hand. I'm an angel or whatever. And she's like, Oh, okay. So after he orbs her out of hell, they run to the church to stop the wedding, even though he could have orbed her, like, right in... Well, I guess they're... He didn't want to let the priest know that witches are real. Sure, why not? Shouldn't priests, like, already know that? Some of them do. I mean, remember, Paige was left at a Catholic church, and Sam and Patty orbed right in in front of a nun. Like, and in other episodes, like, we've got the impression that the church does generally know about white lighters but whatever i don't know maybe this guy isn't a real priest because i noticed just now that he's not wearing a collar so Mm. 
Anyway, Leo. Also, no way in hell they got a marriage license in like an hour. Yeah. Leo tells the priest that Paige is an evil twin that somehow Glenn didn't recognize because that's believable. Yeah. And. And. He breaks. And Glenn's sad little puppy boy heart breaks and Paige is like, wait a second. I hurt Glenn's feelings by trapping his fiance in hell. And the hex shatters around her because she realizes she made Glenn feel bad. This is what I'm saying, right? Like, what kind of hex is it if it breaks when it works? Yeah, like, Paige wasn't even feeling so guilty she was going to die or anything. So they go back to the manor, which doesn't exist anymore because (laughs) Piper has burned it down. It's the only way to be sure that it's totally clean. And Leo's like, um, wasn't your other sister inside there? And she's like, wah, wah. No, but she realizes that it was bad that she, she cast the vanishing spell on the manor because it was too dirty. So she has to start from the beginning. But then she feels bad because she remembers Phoebe was in there and she, you know, zip, zap, zaps the uh, manor back. Yeah, so we've heard, we hear that vanishing spell a lot, and she does, like, a weird reverse version of the vanishing spell. Yeah. Again, I like that the vanishing spell is, like, a runner in the show. It's yeah, they a, should repeat spells, absolutely. And especially one that's as useful as the vanishing spell is. Mm-hmm. Let the object of objection become but a dream as I cause this scene to become unseen. It even rolls off the tongue a lot better than a lot of, you know charmed spells yeah the counter spell doesn't doesn't roll as much yeah it's like let the object of objection come back or whatever my bad bro let the object of objection return so that its existence may be reaffirmed that's like a slant rhyme yeah but again another cool low angle shot that like slowly rotates around piper page and leo as the manor re-manifests around them like it's a really neat shot. Yes. And then Piper's like, wait, are you wearing a wedding dress? And Paige is like, did you literally just notice that? Also, like, we can't do with the wedding dress right now because we have to stop Phoebe literally the second before she chops the head off that turkey that is really the other advice columnist. So, basically, they have Leo keep phoebe in the attic and away from the turkey while they go to yell at the witch doctors that is their plan to that is how they break the curse on phoebe okay so to be clear to be clear um Paige's hex broke when she realized she might have hurt glenn piper's curse hex broke when she realized she might have hurt phoebe and phoebe was straight up ready to kill a man so which makes sense, because she is the sister who is most prone to evil. So the witch doctor is talking to his boss, and he's like, I project that soon the hex will destroy them all. And Paige is like, Paige orbs in from behind them, and she's like, it, it sounds like you've got premature projection. Maybe you better see a doctor about that. Which, oh my god, Paige, you are evil. <laughs> uh then they're like, yeah, we know, you think we're evil, but guess what, we're the charmed ones. It's kind of the, the way it works, you just gotta deal with it. We're not evil at all. Smash cut to Phoebe going after Leo with a meat cleaver. Again, she is not at all concerned about killing Leo, which, I, I mean, I guess you can't really kill Leo with a meat cleaver, so it's fine. Yeah. White lighters are pretty hardy outside of 
the one thing that kills them. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's pretty anticlimactic. I do appreciate that they don't kill the witch doctors. Piper's just like, we're not evil. And they're like, okay, curse reversed. Seriously, though, please just tell us next time before the evil energies build up too much. So, back at the manor, Paige is sadly putting away all of her pictures of Glenn. Because, you know, he's definitely not going to talk to her anymore. She tries to call him, and he is... Yeah, that's... I, I, I mystically trapped your fiancé in hell so I could imi- so I, I could steal her face and try to marry you. I mean, you really can't can't be friends with them after that. Down at the lake, where that was so important to Paige and Glenn. Glenn is there, and Jessica shows up. And... Weirdly boobs first. Like, we get this kind of weird angled shot where she's, like, walking into the frame, and it's just her chest, and then it kind of swivels up so we see her face. It's because we're supposed to think that it's Paige. Okay, but I feel like there is a way you could have done that was that wasn't just so hey. boobily. Yes, but yeah, she's like, Glenn, what are you doing by this lake? I don't understand why Glenn and Jessica s- separated after everything that happened. I get why Jessica separated from Glenn after everything that happened. I guess. Hey, your ex girlfriend is an evil witch who trapped me in hell. Yeah, but it turns out that. Paige actually called both of them and said she was the other one to to come meet out there because she wants them to work out their problem, which is her, by her leaving and never seeing them again. Yeah, she's like, I realized I I was under a spell, but I also realized, like, I was actually jealous and I shouldn't have used my godlike magical powers to try to trick you into marrying me. Hey, Phoebe. Let's keep that in our back pocket for the fucking Dex subplot later. (laughs) But like, yeah, she's like, look, I was under a spell, but the spell broke when I realized how much I hurt you. And I couldn't have hurt you that much if you didn't really love Blondie McBlonde lady over here. So, yeah, you you guys are meant to be together or whatever. And oh, thanks, Paige. So happy to have your blessing now. I mean, I, I know I was down on Glenn this whole episode, but seriously, Paige crossed a line when she tried to throw Jessica into hell. Yeah, and she's like, I think maybe we're just meant to be friends. And Glenn was like, yeah, if you think we are ever hanging out again after this. And then she like walks, She then Paige walks away and she like does the sad look over her shoulder, but he's just too busy reuniting with Jessica. He is mauling her. They're eating each other's faces. It's super sad, honestly, for Paige. Yeah. I mean, she kind of deserves it, but still, it's super sad. So we get the night shots of San Francisco. We are back at P3 because well, that is where episodes end. Yes. Although, you know, P3 for the first time. And Leo accidentally smashes the glass, and he has this look of pure terror on his face as he looks up at Piper, and Piper's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Leave it. I love having broken glass at my club. It's so weird, because he's behind the bar, which he never, ever is, just so that they can do this thing. Mm. And Piper does say reasonably um i guess i need to get over my need for everything to be clean since we're gonna have a baby i understand they're kind of messy and leo's like i guess something positive came out of our experience with the witch doctor he got rid of the evil spirits that were living in your house dude like he did try to murder you a little but it's not like you paid him yeah (laughs) he tried to murder you a little 
Uh, and Phoebe's takeaway lesson was that showing boobs works because her boob pictures put the misogynistic advice columnist out of business. Okay, two two things, three things, three things about her photo shoot. Okay. The first is that when we see the cover, she's wearing the outfit she was wearing before she got hexed. Yeah. So, I guess that was sufficient. Well, I think we're, we're led to believe that there are racier pictures inside the magazine. And one of the reasons we're led to believe this is because there is a centerfold. This is not a magazine that has centerfolds. They decided to add the extra expense of a centerfold to show off Phoebe and her full coverage two-piece bikini also this is i think 415 or that was my third thing yeah this is the magazine prue used to work for right yes good continuity show a show that does not always have good continuity oof i feel like that would be awkward like i guess i appreciate them not remarking on it and just having it a casual thing the newspaper the magazine that prue used to work for doing a photo shoot with phoebe but like it feels weird that that didn't bring back any proof feels the fact that you were because you know photography was her thing and mm-hmm. she used to work for them she should have been the one taking sexy pictures of phoebe in a different timeline Oof. yeah horrifying but Paige and piper play keep away with the sexy magazine pictures and they're like quick leo show the elders what naughty things phoebe's been up to and leo takes the magazine and runs and then everyone freeze frame laughs as phoebe's chasing after him to stop him from showing the elders her boobs i what a weird note what a weird episode you know what i i don't think it's a particularly good episode but i had a lot of fun with it okay i had a lot more fun talking about it i'm i'm i i've come around on this episode the chaos makes me laugh now okay i i retract my previous statement about it being um lifeless it's weird but yeah but we're we're just accepting that the sisters are evil now or more evil anyway like we are just casually accepting that and this is part and parcel of that yeah i appreciate they didn't blow up the witch doctor that was nice of them actually is this the only episode of charmed where no one dies oh i meant to look into that it is an episode where no one dies i don't know if it's the only one i think it might be because usually at least the demon or whatever dies. Yeah. but the, And the demons were good. Yeah. They just needed to be told, hey, cut it out. Or, I mean, they basically just needed to, to be convinced that the charmed ones were not... I mean, they are evil, right? They just needed to be convinced that the charmed ones weren't going to... Uh, they, they were going to do more good than bad, I guess. Yeah, like... The Charmed Ones basically convinced them to stop by being like, hey, you kill evil, we kill way more evil than you do. All right, much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonition, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous. I did not recognize anyone. Um, Although I will say the girl who played Jessica was on an episode of Monk. (laughs) Yeah. um, That's basically it. I I mean, they're they're all like... You've seen them in procedurals. Yes, exactly. Everyone's been on one episode of Law and Order. They're all people for whom their IMDb is like known for that one episode of NCIS they were in. 
So the second power in our pack is Time Freeze. What specifically dated this episode, the Osborns reference? Oh my god. Paige not being able to watch the Osborns on her giant ass TV. And by that I mean a TV with a giant ass. It was so ass. deep. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know some of our some of our listeners might be younger than the Osborns. Yeah, that is true. So the Osborns was a reality show where with Ozzy Osbourne and his family at home. Ozzy Osbourne used to be a musician, kind of. He's definitely a musician. He bit the head off a bat. That's not something one traditionally associates with musicians. You don't think, you know, iconic musician Josh Groban biting heads off. You think of musicians as singing or playing musical instruments. You don't think of them as biting the heads off bats. Okay, but the kind of the kind of joke of the Osbournes... I mean, the, the joke of the premise of the Osbournes is that Ozzy Osbourne was was a hardcore metal guy, right? And it was kind of he was kind of the satanic music your mother warns you about, mm-hmm. and it was him at home with a family doing a domestic thing, which can kind of go towards what Charmed is, right? Because it's urban fantasy, right? So it's like witches, except they're at home and they're sisters, and they hate their husbands just like you do. I think it was really weird, but also a good career choice that he sort of parlayed his image into a guy who did a lot of drugs in his youth and therefore was just kind of confused by stuff a lot as an adult. Yeah. Remember, he was in all of those commercials where, like, he was vaguely surprised by things. Yes, that was another thing that was happening at the time, as was the style at the time. Yeah. My favorite thing about the Osbournes, slash the only thing I really have ever experienced any of them in, I had a friend who uh, whose brother used to do color correction for, like, America's Got Talent, so I watched a bunch of that with him mm-hmm. when I was in college. And there was an episode that one of the America's Got Talent things was a, oh, I want to say boy band, but that's being kind of nice. They were trying to be legitimate musicians, but they were basically too soft to be a boy band it was a band of soft boys okay and they auditioned with uh i kissed a girl and i liked it uh-huh but they changed the lyrics so it didn't even imply that they might be gay wow like and sharon osborne for some reason tore them to shreds which is not really what i feel like her image was hey i i am with her on that if you are gonna sing a song if you're gonna do a gender flip singing a song you 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 need to go all in and be ready to be gay about it yeah well and especially the i kissed a girl and i liked it doesn't make a ton of sense if you're singing about it from a heterosexual perspective but they have to change the line so i hope my girlfriend don't mind it and it's like... Well, not just about a guy cheating in a club. Yeah. That's a fresh take for a song. Boo. But uh, instead of being about performative lesbianism, mm. which is also not great. God, how much mileage do you think... Um, Katy Perry? No. Um, who sang the good version? Jill Sebuel. Yeah, Jill Sebuel. Jill Subuel must have been so happy when that song came out because she knew that her version, her song, her I Kissed a Girl, would forever be known as the good I Kissed oh, a Girl. Oh, no, because hers is so much less well-known. I would be so angry if I did a good version of I Kissed a Girl and then 20 years later some punk kid did that terrible one. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, they're not like the same song or anything. They're very. You should listen to "I Kissed a Girl" by Jill Sabule. Yeah. Sabule. It's a good song. I it, I love that song. It's really good. But uh, I feel like I'm so far off from the point. Time freeze. Time freeze. Uh, Osborne's. Did you hear me? Oh yeah, like just the fact that she tore into this band, not specifically about that, because she's like, "What kind of music do you think we or do? You think you do?" And they're like, well, we're kind of like rock. And she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Shut up. No, you are not. You are not even pop. Like she tore into them. And one of them, one of, they, they were all very soft boys. And one of them looked like he was going to cry. And I know it's not, it's not a nice thing to enjoy seeing someone's dream be horribly destroyed in front of them on national television. But and like. Yet. I don't know. It's the reason you only watch the first part of American Idol where they all suck but don't know it. I'm sorry. This has revealed me in little parts of my own personality. Like the episode. Yes. The shark tanks where they come on with MLMs. See, I like when they come on with a health product and you can just see Mark Cuban getting angrier and angrier. Yeah, I, the goal of Shark Tank is to see Mark Cuban get so mad that he dishinges his jaw and swallows someone whole. I, I've been wanting to make a super cut of all of the products where Mark Cuban goes off on them. And it's like, this is, this is a scam. You're scamming people. Although I did like the legitimate, I think there was something up with that person. The guy whose whole thing was like building windmills to find gold. And they had to be like, are you serious? <laughs> like, and they, they were convinced it was a joke for the first part of it. And then they realized, like, they slowly realized that this man is deadly serious and that there is something deep and horribly up with him. Well, I think that was a simple matter of, like, not carrying the one, you know? he, he, he or, or, like, misplacing a decimal point. Like, this is a process that produces a very tiny, negligible amount of gold. And he's like, but if we do it hard, I'll have so much gold. But, like, I don't think it even did. Like, his whole thing was so weird. No, I, I remember, I, I looked into it when he was doing it because it was so weird. And it's like, no, 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 you're doing the math wrong. The math isn't mathing, but... Elizabeth Holmes style. Yes. Yes. That tiny drop of blood is not going to run all those tests, girl. Okay. I think that'll bring us to the final power in our pack. Uh, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you? Nothing. Yeah. No, Nothing. This, this wasn't a moving episode, but it's I okay. Had, I had a lot of fun with this episode, but yeah, no, we're not. No one's emotions are getting touched here. So next time we're going to be talking about San Francisco Dreamin'. San, I, I, I think it's it's fun that they put two references to dreams in there, right? Because it's sand like Sandman. Yeah. And they, they they come out and say Dreamin'. San Francisco Dreamin'. Have we seriously not had a Sandman episode? I guess we haven't. We had the Dream Sorcerer, but that's... But he was just a normal guy. With a machine. The description is, the sisters' nightmares spring to life, and they can escape only by interpreting them. Okay, so it's like a budget Barbus episode. Oh, I think this is the one where Phoebe's stalked by her own... Like, she thinks it's Cole, but it's actually her in a mask. Oh, God. Huh. It... It's... They're really... They really wanted to follow up this episode with an episode that sounds like it has a very similar premise. Yeah, that is weird. Okay, whatever. I think that'll about do it for this week. 
Yeah, I think it will. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you can email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at ilovetvzines. I'm also going to move us over to Blue Sky, and I've got some extra invites. So if you know my personal Blue Sky and you DM me, wait, they don't have DMs on Blue Sky. DM me on Twitter if you needed a Blue Sky invite. So until next time. <laughs> I just totally threw you off by throwing that in. I'm sorry. It's, it's, I, just, I have so many Blue Sky invites, but I want like, I want like good people like our listeners to get them. Yes. Yes. So until <laughs> next time, I'm Max. And I'm Cheetah. And this has been Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. <laughs> <laughs>